welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. If you are experiencing symptomatic joint hypermobility, dysautonomia, mast cell activation syndrome, gastrointestinal symptoms, MECSF, or if you have autoimmune dysfunction, all of these conditions are quite common and actually affect a large number of people. These chronic complex conditions can be very, very challenging to treat. So we are working on a documentary and we want you to help us get the word out it is very, very important that we raise funds in order to produce this documentary so that we can improve awareness amongst healthcare professionals and amongst patients so that people can get better care, so they can get diagnosed faster, treated faster, and improve their quality of life. Help us help you by going to mcasfund.com and making a donation today. Every donation matters, no matter how big or how small. We really appreciate you contributing to this very important project. Through this documentary, we will be able to help people get better care by raising awareness about these chronic complex conditions. And of course, in the days of COVID and post-COVID syndromes, this is more important than ever. Today, we're joined by Dr. Linda Bluestein. Thank you for joining us today, Linda. Thank you so much for having me. So could you tell us what it is you do in your practice? So I was working as an anesthesiologist for over 20 years when my own medical problems caught up with me. And I opened a practice where I work on integrative pain management for people who have complex conditions. So these people often have symptomatic joint hypermobility. They might have one of the Ehlers-Danlos syndromes, hypermobility spectrum disorder. They often have dysautonomia and they very often have mast cell activation syndrome. Okay, so how do you go about helping these people? So I have an acronym that I use for that, MENS PMMS. It stands for movement, education, nutrition, sleep, modalities, medications, wait, no, I forgot one, psychosocial modalities, medications, and supplements. Okay. How long does it take you to go through all of those? Well, I address different ones at different visits. So the first visit is usually by far the longest visit. And at that visit, I develop a comprehensive treatment plan that I think will most likely help the person improve their quality of life and physical functioning. And so I will try to incorporate as many different aspects of that at the first visit as I possibly can. But sometimes I like to do laboratory testing before I recommend any supplements or medications. And sometimes we need to get some additional records and things like that. So the person's initial treatment plan will look different depending on what is going on with that particular person. Mm -hmm. So therapy wise, you know, you said all the nutritional things and, and testing. Once you've got 
your baseline and you know what that patient's problems are, how do you go about um, solving them? So I look for the biggest areas of intervention where we can get the most bang for the buck. So a lot of people have tried a lot of things already and I'm looking for the lowest hanging fruit. And oftentimes there's a lot of low hanging fruit, a lot of things that people have not tried that I find in a large number of my patients can be really, really beneficial. So for example, something like aquatic physical therapy, something that I have done in the past and that can be very, very helpful. The contact of the water with the skin can help with proprioception or knowing where your body is in space without looking. And this is something that is often impaired in people that have symptomatic joint hypermobility. So doing something like aquatic physical therapy, pelvic floor physical therapy, um, or you know, doing some different modalities like light therapy, um, acupuncture can be often very beneficial. So I look for those kinds of things. I do a lot of education, explain people about how chronic pain works and how different it is from acute pain, that chronic pain is not just longer acute pain, but that it is truly different and how the pain processing in the body works. And of course, we talk a lot about the role of mast cells in the initiation and maintenance of chronic pain and when it comes to prescribing something like medications or supplements, same thing. I'm really looking for what where I'm going to get the most bang for the buck. So something that I really like to prescribe a lot is LDN or low-dose naltrexone. Although no one thing works for everyone, I find that LDN works for a vast number of people. And I personally take it as well, and I feel that it has been hugely impactful in my physical functioning, improving dramatically over the past decade plus. I was actually a lot less functional when I was in my early forties than I am now in my late fifties. Oh, impressive. <laughs> so what age span are your patients? I would say the oldest I've seen is in the late seventies and the youngest I've seen is 10. If someone is younger than 10, usually I recommend that I see them on my other platform, which is Bendy Bodies. And through my Bendy Bodies edu coaching platform, I can see people one-on-one -on -one from anywhere in the world. And I offer information for them. I basically view myself as a translator and a detective for their local healthcare team. So I will give them uh, detailed notes so that their team can look at these notes and get a better sense as what as to what's going on. Because oftentimes those doctors are seeing 40 to 60 patients in a day. So this way they can get that information more quickly. And I also will give them some suggestions of things that they could try, but I, but I explain it as if I was writing it in a book. So I will say things like, People who have mast cell activation syndrome often find taking low-dose naltrexone beneficial. I don't say you should take low-dose naltrexone because I cannot treat you as a patient because you have not come to see me in person in Colorado or Wisconsin. My medical practice is HypermobilityMD and the website is hypermobilitymd.com. And through my medical practice, I can order labs, I can order imaging, um, I can order medications, supplements, the whole gamut of things that I would like to do with somebody. But if I'm seeing them through the Bendy Bodies Edu Coaching, I write these as, you know, suggestions to carry out with their own, conferring with their own local healthcare team. 
And then the third thing that I offer is my free podcast, which is called Bendy Bodies with the Hypermobility MD. And I started that because I wanted to provide accessible information. I know not everyone can come to see me or someone like me. So I wanted people to be able to get that information in the most accessible way. And how many doctors have your patients seen by the time they find you? I would say that people have seen in the range of five to 40 doctors. And I would say it's probably pretty common for people to have seen in that, you know, 20 to 25. It's, it's very, very common for people to have been on a very long diagnostic odyssey. So what needs to happen for people to be diagnosed sooner? Well, we need to get more information out about these conditions. And that is, I would say, the, the first thing that we need to do. We need to make doctors aware that these conditions exist and that they can present in various different ways. And that if they take even a small amount of time to learn about these conditions, it will help them help their patients and that they it's not like it's going to add more of a burden for, for them. And regardless of what specialty they're in, they should understand what these conditions are because if you consider the whole trifecta, or um, if you consider the whole pentad, which is the uh, you know joint symptomatic joint hypermobility, that's one arm of it. Dysautonomia is another arm. Mast cell activation syndrome is another. Gastrointestinal symptoms, and then autoimmune problems. If we consider that whole grouping, and especially now with long COVID, these are really actually quite common. And so it's really important for doctors to be aware of these and to be looking for them in their patients because they can really help some people that have been suffering for a really, really long time. They can help them feel a lot better. And that's really gratifying. I truly believe that doctors went into medicine because they want to help people and they want their patients to feel better. Right now, our current healthcare is so dysfunctional. Doctors are being squeezed on every angle they're being squeezed by regulations, by insurance companies, et cetera. And they're being asked to see more and more patients in a day. But once they take the time to learn about these conditions, they would at least be able to offer some of the more basic introductory things. I don't expect them to take three and a half hours like I often do on my initial visit. Of course, their employer will probably not allow that, but at least hopefully they can take some more time and be able to offer some things to their patients instead of saying to them, you're fine and just dismissing them. Mm -hmm. And how many patients would you say are told that they're fine, that there's nothing wrong? I would say every single person that I've seen, and this also goes for myself as well. I would say every single person, at least at some of their encounters has been told you're fine. There's nothing wrong being told that it's all psychological mm -hmm. yeah you know and they should see a, a psychiatrist or take some antidepressants or something mm -hmm. um and how can being depressed make physical pain that bad you know where you you can't stand it it's unbelievable so what do you see the future being so getting better so I, th I think so. I'm an optimist. So I, I, uh, I truly think that things are going to get better. I really think that we can, we have so much room for improvement. So I guess in some regards, I feel like it has to get better. Um, our healthcare system is so geared towards dealing with acute and discrete problems, but I truly believe that we are 
actually in the midst of a true crisis. We have young people that are dealing with a large number of symptoms and whether it's from long COVID or one of these other conditions. And we know of course that there's overlap with these things. Um, I'm really concerned about the future of our, of our world. I started to say our country, but of our world. And we know that the immune system is uh, very heavily involved with the maintenance and initiation of pain. And so we need to treat these as neuroimmune conditions and we need to address these things holistically. And I think we can do that. I think we can make a lot of improvements with how we care for patients. I think that if patients can be more informed about how they can help us help them, for example, they can create a one sheet. I often will teach patients how to do this so that they have a one page summary. And then maybe they also have like a three page or five page summary, but you start with the one page summary and it's bulleted. It's very, very succinct. And the the doctor, of course, can ask for more information, but you start with keeping things very succinct. And I'm hoping that over time, more doctors will be aware of these conditions. They'll know the right questions to ask. Patients will also know better what information to present to their doctor so that they can get diagnosed accurately more quickly. So anybody that's listening, if they can go to Colorado or Wisconsin, they can come and see you. Anywhere else in the world, you can do a, a one-to-one um, consultation. What if people are watching and and, has, and say, "But I don't feel well." You mm-hmm. know, what kind of symptoms would you potentially be able to help with to give them the, a rough idea? You know, when you have so many things that aren't correct with you, so many different symptoms. And you just think, I feel ill, but I'm being told I'm okay. So anybody listening, can you just give us a rough idea of symptoms that patients could come to you with? Sure. So I totally agree with you. When a person has that many symptoms and that many different bodily systems, there's so much noise going on in their nervous system. And it's it's like impossible to sort out and correlate things with other things. So part of my job is also being a, helping them do their detective work so that we can figure these things out, especially if mast cells are potentially involved. But the symptoms that I deal with most commonly, of course, pain. So uh, I, I mentioned that the youngest person that I've seen is 10. That 10 year old had pain, widespread body pain in every single part of his body. And when mom said, you have pain everywhere, he said, well, I guess not my eyelids. So it is very common for my patients to have widespread body pain. Also, I see gastrointestinal problems very, very commonly. So it could be um, diarrhea, constipation, bloating, abdominal pain, postprandial symptoms, meaning that they get symptoms after they eat. Sometimes they get dizzy and lightheaded after they eat. Um, They'll get uh, reflux. That's very, very common. They'll have a lot of musculoskeletal problems, for example, joint instability. Um, They'll get things like tendinopathies. They often will have other symptoms like, um, you know, symptoms of dysautonomia. So they get dizzy when they stand up. They have heat and cold intolerance, um, things like that. Some people, of course, if they have mast cell related symptoms, they have rashes, hives, flushing, um, get the gastrointestinal symptoms can definitely be related to that. Often they'll have migraine, um, heat intolerance, of course, for them as well. And so I see 
I see symptoms in every bodily system. And sometimes I'm really surprised. I've had patients who I can think of one person who, who is in her early twenties. And, you know, when people are looking at each other online and they're in support groups or whatever, you know, they, I think oftentimes it seems like people are relatively similar. And she came in using um, canes and said she had balance problems and she really did. As soon as she closed her eyes, she like fell over when I was doing her exam. And that's where it's so much more valuable if I can see someone as a patient in Colorado or in Wisconsin, because then I can assess them in person. Because oftentimes a person's self-report, this person happened to be a major minimizer. And so when she said she had balance difficulties, like she really had balance difficulties. Um, And it's hard to know those kinds of things until you actually see someone and you can assess you know, you can check their reflexes and their muscle strength and their sensory, and you can watch them walk and all of those kind of things. So I would say that I deal with people that have, you know, head pain, abdominal pain, pain everywhere in their joints, pain in their muscles, joint instability, all, a wide, wide range of symptoms. And the million dollar question is how long does it take to fix somebody? So that is a great question. And it is highly variable. I have had people who I, I now have the two, the first visit and the follow-up visit are packaged together. I didn't do that initially, but I found that a lot of people, they wouldn't come back. And, and that's not helpful for me either. Cause I don't really know then are things working or not. So now the first two visits are lumped together. And when I see that person for their follow-up, it has happened where they say they're 95% better. It's like, wow, I'll take it. You know, Um, of course, that's not the norm, though, that I don't tell people you can expect to be 95% better in 30 days, because then you're going to be disappointed when you're not 95% better, right? So it is much, much more common for it to take, I would say, mm, being on the generous side, six months to a year. With some people, it takes that full amount of time. Some people are, some people have been dealing with so many symptoms for so long, it does take that long. And I've had other people who, you know, within three months, they're vastly improved and they don't need to come ever see me again because they're doing so much better. And that's great. I'm totally happy with that. Okay. So would you like to just give people your website addresses again? Sure. So you could find me at www.hypermobilitymd.com. You could also find me at bendybodies.org. That's how you can access the one-on-one sessions under the edge coaching of Bendy Bodies. And then lastly, you could find me at bendybodiespodcast.com. And that's where you can access the free podcast that is geared towards symptomatic joint hypermobility, mast cell activation syndrome, dysautonomia, and all the various things that affect this population of people. And I love getting feedback from listeners. I love getting suggestions for future guests. I love getting suggestions for future topics because that is the best way that I can offer the most value to my listeners. Well, thank you for sharing your experience with us today. Of course, thank you so much for having me. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.
Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.